We're about to get this episode up and running. We're about to get it off uh, off the ground. So I just want to let you know before we do get the episode started that I'll be one of the speakers at the Best Ever Conference. You're going to want to come to the Best Ever Conference, literally Best Ever Conference I've ever been to. Uh, Joe Fairless and Ben Lapidus do a phenomenal job. They and their team do a phenomenal job hosting the Best Ever Conference and they've asked me to be on stage. And because of that, I actually have an offer for you to get your ticket for even a better discount. So it's an extra 25% off of whatever it is today. FYI, this is very important to note, is that the Best Ever Conference, they are raising their prices every single week. I guess the better way to say is, is the price is 1200 bucks, But right now, it's like half that but it keeps getting closer and closer to the 1200 bucks. So hurry, hurry and, and hop into uh, besteverconference.com. And then what you'll do is you'll put in hashtag blue spruce, hashtag blue spruce. That's the hashtag sign. You're not spelling it out, but that way you can actually get an extra, an additional 25% off your ticket. And I will see you at the best ever conference right here in Denver. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Adams. And if anybody is on the YouTube and is watching this, I've got a background right now of Michael Blanc's book. All right, so we are going to be talking a little bit about financial freedom with, through real estate investing, which he wrote. And it's actually a really, really good book. So I, uh, we're promoting it today. I want you to buy this book. So that's one of the reasons why we're on here. But just if you're here with the podcast, you're going to get some actionable value as well. So it's a two-part series. So you're going to get value and hopefully you'll be interested in grabbing this book. Well, Michael's been on the show before. So if you want to check that out, go and search his name. You'll find that other episode. And we've gone into some detail of his path for through real estate investing and pretty much why he chose multifamily. However, we're going to get into a little bit of that today as well. Michael, why don't you start off by just let us know a little bit about your background for anybody who doesn't know you. Hey, Adam. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I grew up like a lot of other people. I, you know, was taught to go to school, get good grades, get a good job. I, I was never surrounded by any kind of entrepreneur, so I didn't really know any better. And uh, I have a software background, computer science background, and uh, started programming, uh, spent some time in America Online, and, and then joined a software startup in the late 90s. I was in the right place, right time. Uh, we grew really quickly, IPO'd in March of 2000, put a bunch of money in my pocket. And of course, I was thought I was a, I was a genius. Then uh, 2004, read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm such an idiot. Doesn't matter how much money I have in the, in the, in the bank, what my salary is, it's all about passive income, of which I had very, very little. The only passive income I had was through a little bit of investment in a restaurant franchise company. And so when I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, my big idea was to get into the restaurant business. So when I quit my job, I wanted to do everything at the same time. So I uh, learned how to flip houses. I took an apartment building boot camp. I learned how to trade stocks and options. But my big idea, Adam, was the restaurant. So I took my entire net worth, essentially, and I was surrounded by uh, burger franchisees and a really successful concept. They're like, you know, you hire a guy, experienced multi-unit operator, they run the whole thing, and you sit back and count your passive income. I'm like, sweet, that's what I want to do. So that's what I did. I took my literally like 99% of my net worth, and I plowed it all into this thing. I had a 20-unit expansion plan, and I did find a great multi-unit operator. And, uh, you know, before you know it, we were at six restaurants. 
recession came, didn't treat us very kindly. We had to sell a couple. Then we expanded again. Uh, and then I, I was in a state of semi-retirement for about three years until I noticed that we were making less and less money. Uh, long story short, I subsequently lost my, myself for IPO millions in the restaurant experience and clawed my way out through real estate, primarily through flipping houses. We flipped uh, three dozen houses in three years, uh, got an apartment building. And then after a while, you know, 2012, the market started to shift. And also I was starting to burn out on the house flipping side. And I was like, okay, I have the solution. I'm just going to hold my rentals. And I was like, man, if I, if I want $10,000 in income, I'm going to need like 50 rentals. And I just flipped three dozen of them. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's, that's like terrible. That was like a nightmare. And even if I were to get to that, someone would have to manage all that stuff. And I was like, man, meanwhile, this apartment building is sending me mailbox money. Why don't I just do more of that? And so I shifted uh, to multifamily. I started blogging about it. And one thing led to another. And now we have an educational platform. Uh, we have a, a podcast and we have coaching programs. And we have uh, programs that really my mission is to help people do their first deal. And that's really what's motivated the book. Okay, perfect, perfect. So when did you write the book? When did it come out? It came out uh, about seven, eight weeks ago. So for the reason, it took me about a full year to write it. It's a fairly wow. substantial, it's not, a, you know, not a necessarily an easy read. Um, and it took a lot longer to launch than I had thought. But it really, it really encompasses my mission right now, which is really to help people become financially free with, with real estate. And notice that you know, I'm an apartment building investor, but nowhere in the title is anything about apartment buildings. And it's, it's very... Uh, very intentional because apartment building investing elicits several objections. One is, oh my gosh, it's an advanced strategy. Oh my gosh, I need experience first. And oh my gosh, I need money first. And none of those things are true. And I talk a, a lot about in the book. And one thing that I will point out for the listener is exactly what Michael just said. And this is for you when you're an apartment investor. When you're bringing somebody in to be an apartment investor with you, maybe as your passive investor, it would be a very beneficial thing to start off by sharing, first off, why real estate, and then, you know, the different kinds of real estate, and then, and then you kind of funnel it down to why you picked multifamily. So just like the book does, it, it sounds broad, and then it'll bring you into, you know, why is this apartment investing so important, and why is it the cream of the crop, really? And so when you're raising your own money, do very similarly to how this book is. So I would suggest just to read the book so you can really go step by step so that it's easier for you to raise money for your multifamily deals. Uh, Michael, I have a question. So is it true that there's, uh, you, you have in one of your um, areas I was reading and it said like 98% of investors quit their jobs with apartments. Is that, uh, is that just something, uh, well, my, I guess my question is, is it truly always 98% or is it just like, it seems like around 98%? Just a quick question on that. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it's a little bit, I, I'm exaggerating to make a point, okay. but probably not by much. I mean, there are, I know probably a couple people who quit their jobs with single family house investing. And I, I really think you can do that with a variety of businesses, but you have to architect that business in a very, very intentional way. And I tried it. I didn't really succeed. I know people who have, and, and I think both of the people I'm thinking of also created a property management company at the same time. And mm. uh, I, I, I didn't have an interest in that. Versus looking at the multifamily and studying the people who have, and some have uh, done single family house investing and shifted, and some skipped the single family house. But the, uh, the outcome was exactly the same. So in other words, from the time they decided in their minds that they're going to get into multifamily, 
uh, it was one to two years before they quit their job. And I saw this over and over and over again. And I saw the importance that that first deal played, that pivotal role. That's always the smallest, always takes the longest, is the hardest to do. And then all of a sudden, thing, something, and all of a sudden, the second and third deal kind of come in rapid, almost automatic succession. That's why I call it the law of the first deal. And so that's why I focus all my resources on the first deal. It's not like, oh, let me show you how I can quit your job by having a one million units. Like, it's completely irrelevant. Just focus on your first deal. And it doesn't, and, and, and more encouraging, it doesn't matter what size it is. So I used to think in the beginning, oh my gosh, go big or go home. And while there's a lot of truth to that, uh, at the same time, people who start with a duplex still achieve the same result in one to two years. So now I'm like, man, if you can't wrap your head about anything more than a duplex, then start there. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. And actually, I was going to talk about your uh, law of the first deal because it's something that at my own events, I, I actually bring you up at my own events, Michael. And I always talk about that, the law of the first deal, because I, I believe it's completely true. I think that once you do that deal, it's going, something's going to happen. It's going to change your trajectory completely. And I'm okay with it as well. If it's, is, if it's just a duplex, if that's what you can wrap your head around, go and do it. So I've got a question. Who is multifamily for? So what, what do you think is the personality type? Who is it for? You know, I, th I think uh, it's now for anyone who wants to quit their job, control their time, and they're thinking real estate. The problem is that most people aren't thinking apartment builders. They're thinking usually single family houses. So it's normally wholesaling, typical way to get started, or flipping or landlording. And this is why people, every month they go to the real estate uh, meetings and they go there for one reason, because they want to try to get out of the rat race. But everybody around them is doing single family house investing. And so um, in the beginning, I, I thought the same thing. I always thought that apartment buildings is this advanced strategy that you graduate to. And now knowing what I do and interviewing these other guests, when I ask them the question, hey, would you, what would you do differently if you could? They're like, man, I, I wish I would have skipped the single family house stuff. Like, uh, we don't regret it, obviously. It, it obviously shaped us. But man, you know, we're always looking to try to figure out how we can achieve our goals faster and on a more direct route. And that's always the same answer. So to answer your question, is really anyone who's thinking real estate investing to achieve a certain financial goal. Okay, so how do you get involved? Yeah, I mean, the, the first thing is really try to, I think the first step is to have an open mind. And, and this is what I'm trying to do with the book. Like I said, the probably first third of the book is all about helping you uh, overcome the major objection, which is, oh my gosh, advanced strategy. Oh my gosh, it's, I need a lot of experience or money. So I address those head on and how you overcome those. And the good news is you, you can overcome both of those within a very, very short period of time. Within one, two, three months at the most, you will appear very experienced. And you will now know how the art of, of raising, uh, raising money. And then I show the mechanics of actually doing your first deal. And I also talk about the law of the first deal, why it works, why it kicks in, and I have a bunch of, bunch of case studies. So how you get started really is have an open mind and explore it. You know, read the book. Uh, there's a bunch of other free horses from, on my website. You have a lot of great education also. Have an open mind and really consider it. And ask yourself the question, hey, what are my goals? What do I want? And could, is there a possibility that I can achieve my goals with that? And if the answer is yes, at that point, the next step is to invest in yourself, right? I always say the best return on investment is an investment in yourself. Um, and that would be the next step after that. And there's a lot of great programs out there. We have great programs. There's other great programs out there. Find someone that you resonate with and then, you know, go deep with that person and, and learn it uh, because it will work for you. Okay. So now I've decided I've got my mind open to apartment investing and I've invested myself. So what are the ways that I can get involved? 
Yeah, so uh, we approach and I outlined this, this it's a, essentially a 12-month blueprint uh, to your first deal. It really comes in three phases. And this is, by the way, what we teach our coaching students as well, is at first is kind of what I call the 30-day pre-launch phase. And uh, the first week is your education. So whatever seminar or online course you're going, we have one. Uh, complete that first. The second one is to be very clear about your first deal. Where is it? How big is it? So we have a methodology for determining both of those in our training program. So you get, get very crystal clear about where, where it is and how big it is. The third one is you're going to analyze at least five deals. And in our world, you have the syndicated deal analyzer that helps you do that. Analysis is very important. Um, so get good at analyzing at least five deals. You have a minimum foundational skill now. And then week four, you create what we call a sample deal package. Sample deal package is, is a real deal that exists somewhere and it has real photos, real financial projections. And, and its purpose really is twofold. One is it, it helps you visualize your first deal. Number two, it's a money raising tool. Because when you don't have a, when you haven't done a deal, what are you going to talk to your investors about? Well, you don't have a deal. So I guess what? We're going to make one up. Now you take, you tell your investors this, that it's a made up deal, but you use it as a conversation piece. So that's the nutshell of first 30 days. Then the oh. next 60 days, oh, do you have a question about that? Uh, yeah, just real quick before you get into the next 60 days, could you give me a little bit more specifics of this sample deal package? Could you just make it so that we can visualize exactly what this looks like, how many pages it is and, and things like that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Word document and, and it really, it, it has the executive summary in it that talks about the property, talks about the investment opportunity, uh, and then talks about the property, talks about the business plan, what's not working with the property, what's your plan for fixing it, and then has financial projections, which in our case comes directly from the syndicated deal analyzer. It's very simple to do that. It's a copy and paste thing and shows, hey, what's the return for the investors? Uh, what are some of the risks? And, and that's really it. And to use it as a conversation piece with your investors. And the, the purpose of that really is to get some of the major questions out of the way, which is, why should I invest in multifamily? Why should I invest with you? That kind of stuff. And you get these things out of the way and you want to get to the point where someone says something like, hey, you know what? If you find me a deal that looks substantially like this, I would be in for $50,000. So you have a verbal commitment. So you do this from day one. So that three months from now, whatever, you get a real deal. You call up your, you know, your, your potential investor. You say, remember that conversation we had two, you know, a month or two ago, I have a real deal. It's just great. Send me the, seal, the, the deal package. It looks a lot like the previous one. They're not going to ask you major questions. They're going to ask you specific questions about the deal, but now you have your money raised within a few days. Great. Okay. Thank you for letting me stop. So what's the next 60 days? So the next 60 days is, is, is the launch and it's really all about activity, not about outcome. Right? So a lot of people are very impatient with this stuff and they do a bunch of stuff and they expect magic to happen. And we take that pressure off for students. We say there's three things you've got to do at any given time. You have to analyze deals, you have to meet potential investors, and you have to build your team. Right? So depending on how much uh, time someone has, you know, let's say you want to analyze three deals a week. Okay, then analyze three deals. Set up one investor meeting per week. And, and analyze any deal that comes along. It doesn't matter if you know it's not going to be good. It doesn't matter. Talk to anyone with a heartbeat who wants to talk to you about investing, even if they have no money. Uh, and then contact one team member, specifically a property manager, each week. So if they do that, they build up new behaviors, new patterns, new disciplines. And what happens is the people that, that do do that, they, while we don't focus on outcomes, they actually will have an outcome. Because when they do do that work consistently, they will have a pipeline of deals, they will have a pipeline of investors, and they'll have their team ready to go. And that's the next 60 days. 
I love it. I love it. That is very helpful. And just kind of listening and being an apartment investor myself, looking at all these things that you're talking about in the pre-launch and in the next 60-day launch, it's, I mean, it just sounds foolproof, to be honest. It's just, if you are really spending the time to analyze deals, meeting the investors, building your team, talking to a property manager every week, I, I, it just seems foolproof, to be honest. Um, and so, you know, I was thinking of one of the things that I've, I've heard you say is um, some of the ways that you can be involved, not just how to learn it, was you want to be the syndicator, you want to become, or you could maybe be a passive investor, and then you have raising money, money for syndicators, which, um, and I've got a fourth one as well, where you, if you found me a deal, if someone found me a deal, you're in, like, I'll put you in, let's, let's, let's close this. Um, uh, will you go into that just a little bit? Like, what is it like um, being the syndicator versus becoming passive versus raising money for syndicators? If you could go in a little bit into that. Yeah, that's exactly right. This is what I love this business because there's so many different ways that you can get involved in this depending on what your strengths are or the situation right now. And so you actually mentioned the, the, the four. Uh, I, actually, I have, I have it really down to three. I call the syndicator the guy who's actually finding the deal. Uh, okay. And sometimes we go through we go through these cycles, right? So in the book, I teach that you're, you're finding deals and raising money at the same time. It's a simultaneous process. But what happens is one of two things happens. Either you maybe you find a deal you haven't raised the money yet, or you've started to raise money and just having trouble finding a deal, right? So it, it doesn't always happen simultaneously. And it doesn't really matter. Like if you find a deal, then you bring it to you or you bring it to me and we partner with people. Or if you, if you are better at raising money, let's say, then why don't you bring the money to us um, and we will actually make you a general partner in one of our deals. And that's the money raiser thing. And then option number three is just being a passive investor. A passive investor has a lot of money and has very little time. So they're not going to be likely out there looking for deals or even networking with people, but what they do have is money uh, to invest. And all three lead to the same path, which is equity in a deal, passive income, and long-term wealth so that you can eventually control your time. Perfect. Let's talk about the four secrets next. Right. So yeah. the four, there's, there's, there's four kind of fundamental skills uh, that you need to acquire and really four secrets to that. Uh, num number one is that I need to create, uh, I need to create deal flow, right? Creating, creating general deal flow. The other one, I need to, I need to learn the art of raising uh, money and I need to be able to uh, um, uh, be able to analyze deals. I can't remember what the fourth secret was, but, but certainly it's, you got to build your team. You have, you have to team in place, right? So if you can learn those four, you will be very, very successful. Perfect. Okay. And so one of them is that you don't really need the experience because you can learn from uh, getting your offers ex um, accepted, right? You don't really technically need the, your own experience or is, is that, am I, just let me know. Am I getting that wrong? No, no, I think you got it right. I got it wrong. <laughs> is is okay. how do you overcome that that lack of experience? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So yeah. how do, so tell me, yeah, how do you overcome the lack of experience? Yeah, so there's there's a there's a, there's a few ways. Uh, one is education, right? And and uh, the reason for that is when you speak to a broker, you don't want to use newbie language. You want to use insider language, right? So when you start using newbie language, you identify yourself, you self-identify yourself as a newbie. And the immediate response by the broker is, hey, send me your proof of funds and I'll send you more information about the deal. When you get something like that, you just sound like a newbie. So don't do that, okay? Educate yourself, use the right language, use the right scripts. 
the second thing is make sure that you build your team. It's uh, so uh, you know so find a property manager, find a real estate attorney, find an insurance agent, whatever. So so the conversation then goes like this with a broker. Um, when you talk talking about yourself, hey, tell me about yourself. You will talk to about yourself in terms of your team, not about yourself, because you have no track record. You're, you're like a nobody, right? You have to rely on everybody else. So you say something like, hey, I'm I'm working with a I'm working with a group of high net worth individuals. Uh, we're working with um, uh, Sam at Partner Management Company XYZ, and goes, ah, Sam's a great guy. You know, we, they, you know, we've done so many deals together. They manage like five thousand units in town, and so all of a sudden now you're talking about Sam and their track record. And and the spotlight is off you, so you really talk about you really talk about yourself in, in those terms. And there's some other things you can do. You know, just seem professional. You know, have a website, have business cards, and I really love what, what you do, Adam, which is you have a, a meetups. And we talked about that on, on on the other podcast. Everything you put together adds to your credibility, right? So the lack of a track record is not a detriment for you being taken seriously. We have a 21 year old. Air Force cadet, his name is Jake Boland, 21-year-old guy. He, he almost got awarded a $10 million property. And it certainly got to the point in the best and final round because he was being taken seriously because he had educated himself. He had developed the confidence that he did not have in the beginning. So it's, it's very, very possible to be taken seriously without any kind of prior experience. I love it. Okay, so you're saying that if you get the education, if you don't use newbie language, there is a way for you to communicate with the brokers where you're taken seriously enough to get the deal. Awesome. Now, what happens now if, if I need more to actually raise the money? How do I find all of the money? So, that's my next question for you, Mr. Michael, is if you can help us with that other key component. Well, we can fill a whole podcast episode <laughs> on that and you are certainly an expert money raiser yourself. So, I appreciate you asking the question though. <laughs> you can probably answer your own question. I think uh, I'll, I'll just wave my hands a little bit, right? But, but, but essentially, the fundamentals of raising money is that you're starting right away. And, and you, you did that as well. It's not like you get a deal on a contract and then you start picking up the phone and sending emails. That's not it at all. You start raising money right away. And really the key is that you're sharing your enthusiasm, right? So when you're talking about you're sharing enthusiasm, you're not really raising money. You're, you're sharing your enthusiasm. You'll get people to support you. And, and so that's the first thing, right? Uh, and now you do want to be intentional with your conversations. You don't want to talk about the weather or the sports. You want to share your enthusiasm to gauge interest in a, in a, in a person. And so you're really building intention. You're building relationships. And you're being intentional with the conversations. I think okay. that's probably the, the key to to raising money. Is there anything that, that you would add add to that? Honestly, I think that's genius. And I don't I don't think we need to add to it. I think when you just really need to pinpoint what what you're saying there. And you're saying number one is it really starts right away. When you've decided that you're going to be in multifamily, that's the exact day that you need to start being intentional about these conversations to start day one raising money. You want to get that going right now. So, if somebody's listening and they've been thinking about being involved in multifamily for some time and they're listening to this and saying, I'm definitely going to do it, then you have to actually start today. Raise your money today, right now. And so, I really appreciated you saying that. And the second part was the key to how to do that. So, I really appreciate how you said that, Michael, is that you said sharing your enthusiasm. Because what a lot of people are doing when they think that they need to start raising money right away is that they, they think that they need to like go out and just get the commitments. And I don't, I don't agree with getting the commitments on the very, very first day. I agree more with what you're saying here is 
being in front of people, being intentional, sharing your enthusiasm or your love for the reason why you're getting involved in multifamily in the first place. So what you said there is almost like when you're going to go on a first date. On One way is, you know, and not to be crude on a podcast, but to be, just to be honest, one way is you're trying to go way too far too fast. We'll just say you ask them to marry you on the day on the first date. You're going to scare some people away. But if you're sharing your enthusiasm for the things that you could do together on that date, like, hey, we should do this next time. That is a way of kind of bringing the relationship slowly from courting to marriage. And that's kind of what you're saying here. You start to share the enthusiasm. It's not like you don't have, you're not closing just when you meet them, but you're, you're saying, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm, that I'm excited about. And you'll slowly attract people towards you. They'll start watching you and then Michael, tell me if this is true for you as well, and I'm sure it is. As you continue to share enthusiasm, people start to follow you a little bit more, and you'll get a conversation maybe six months, three months, 12 months from now, and people might say something like, hey, I've been following you for a few months. I think I want to invest with you. Have you heard that, Michael? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you confirmed that as, as well. Uh, I think you can accelerate the process a little bit. Yeah, I think you can be a little more proactive about that. If someone shows interest, you might want to schedule a, a meeting with that person. And that's where the sample deal package comes in can handy. But, but you can't, like you said, you can't force the process. I think a lot of people think they can and they really want to accelerate it. Uh, it's the same kind of people that, that just you know, hand, hand out business cards at networking meetings. It just doesn't, doesn't work. You got to build relationships with people and show value to them and, and allow them to get comfortable with you. Okay, so, so what you're saying is when you know that they are interested in some way, that's when you, you say, hey, would you like me to show you this? And so what I'm getting from that a little bit is when you realize that you kind of like this other person and they kind of like you, then you're saying, hey, would you like to go hiking next weekend? Or hey, would you like to go to dinner? Um, instead of, Instead of, hey, do you want to get married? Because that's, that's just odd, right? But you can, you can sense that they want to do it, so you just take them to the next step, the next level. Let me ask you, uh, and I really like it because um, it seems like you, you've been doing this for how many years again? When did you start uh, raising equity for multifamily? Uh, back in 2009. Okay. So, all right. So, nine entire years, a lot longer than me. Love it. Nine entire years of raising equity. What have you learned in that time that's allowed you to raise equity maybe a little bit faster than somebody who is brand new at it? Yeah, uh, I think, the, I think the, uh, the answer to that is, is by joint venturing with uh, people, other people in general, just in general. Joint venturing is great because you can get so much more done, right? So if you have access to capital, if you don't have deals, why don't you find someone who has the deal? If you have the, the deal but don't have capital, find someone with the capital. And, and, some, and so in this specific instance uh, around creating capacity for raising money, if you have the capacity for finding deals, then bring on these money raisers. And there's a lot more of them. In fact, you raise money for other people's deals and there's, there's, there's a, lot, a lot of, it's a growing tide, a, a rising tide of money raisers who, um, go through some of these training programs and they feel like they, they feel like they're an odd man out because they're, they don't really comfortable with spreadsheets and analyzing deals. They're like, Oh my gosh, I'm maybe I'm not cut out for this business. When in fact they are, they're people, people persons, right? They love relationships and they actually gravitate towards raising money. And there's people out there and they still have to educate themselves and still need the training and the coaching. 
they have to they have to know what they're talking about. But there's a lot of them now out there, and they're looking for strong operators, right? So if you have the deal, find one or more of these operators uh, who can then easily raise one to two million dollars, and all of a sudden now your money problems have gone away. Now you should still learn how to raise money. If you can raise hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars, that's huge. Okay, but it may not be enough to get a, a large deal done. But I'll tell you what, if you raise two hundred fifty thousand dollars and you have a million dollar raise, it's not enough to get the deal done. Let let a partner raise the rest. But I'll tell you. The second deal around, you're not raising 250, you're raising 500, and the third deal you're raising 1 million, and at that point, you know the sky is the limit. So you should still continue raising money and leverage joint venture partners uh, in the meantime. I have two more really good questions queued up for you, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. It's time to get serious about something. And one thing I'm passionate about is trying to stop the injustice of sex trafficking. The statistics are staggering. Right now, over a million young boys and young girls are trapped in the commercial sex industry around the world. Well, what I'm excited to share with you today is that my friends at Destiny Rescue exist to ensure that every child can lay his or her head on a pillow at night and sleep, not work. I encourage you to take a moment to learn how you can join the fight by visiting destinyrescue.org. I have two questions. Number one is, what do you think would be the number one advice that you have for somebody so that they can do the first deal? Because a lot of the first deal is huge, but what advice do you have so that somebody can do that first deal? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I would answer that in two ways. One is uh, obviously f focus on that first deal because the, the reason this is important because the idea of actually uh, quitting your job through a part of building investing is so overwhelming that most people can throw up their hands and don't even start because it's so overwhelming. So the ability to, to, to narrow to boil it down to one thing, which is your first deal, is huge. Uh, because now I can I can wrap my head around maybe a two unit or ten unit or something, whatever my comfort zone is, and maybe just a little bit. Beyond. I can wrap my head around that, but I can't wrap I wrap my head around a 150 unit deal maybe right now. Okay, so that's that's number one. Number two, although it's more fundamental than that, because I'm always studying I'm studying why are some people more successful than others. And I think it boils down to this, Adam, and that is clarity. Really being clear about what you want. And I have been developing my clarity over the last decade or so, and I found that when every time I'm not really clear about something, the results are very, very mixed. I tend to struggle, things take longer. And I think when I, when I first started out in 2004, 2005, I really wasn't clear about what I wanted. I felt in my head I wanted to be a full-time real estate investor, but that is not the same as financial freedom. I thought they were. I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. It did what it says. So I flipped a bunch of houses and discovered that I just created a new rat race for myself. That's what it happens to be a house. I now was a full-time real estate investor in a real estate investing rat race. So I was all of a sudden confused about that. And, and you got to be really clear about what you want, right? So anything you do in life, whether it's losing weight or living healthier or whatever else, if you want to control your time, what is the best way for you to get there? And it may be with flipping houses. I'm not, you know, if someone's doing something that's working, don't just give it up and and, and follow a shiny object, right? Compliment it, but be clear about what you want. And you can set up a passive investing house flipping business, but you gotta go about it a totally different way than starting to flip a bunch of houses. And, and with, with apartment building investing, my ability to achieve that outcome, the probability of that was very, very high. And I see it replicated and, and also, my, my challenge to people is to really be clear about what they want in life. And then, and then what happens is once they decide that that's what they want to do, things almost happen automatically. And this is kind of what I'm seeing. They start taking action. They make it a priority in their life. And then the people who don't haven't clearly decided that that's what they want in life. Wonderful. All right. So my next 
my next question is one that you were not prepared for either. I like to throw these at you. All right. So if somebody bought your book to give as a gift to somebody else, because we're, we're coming up on, uh, you know, Christmas and the other holidays. Uh, so if somebody bought it as a, as a book to gift to somebody else, who would they give it to and what would, they, and what would that person get out of it? Yeah, I think it's the same thing. I mean, if, if someone is thinking real estate investing and they want to quit their job or, or, or shore up their retirement or something of that nature, I think it would be a worthwhile read. And I'm not, I'm not saying Adam, that multifamily investing is, is for everybody. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that at all. But there's a lot of people uh, who are already thinking real estate investing. And if you're already, and not everybody is, right? There's a lot of people like real estate investing. That sounds really risky to me. I'm not going to get touched that with a you know, 10 foot pole. But if you're thinking that, really give it a shot. So anyone who's thinking about real estate investing, um, it would also be good for someone who is uh, thinking of passively investing, right? So there's some people out there who want to diversify their portfolios. Again, uh, you want to know enough about the asset that you're investing in because it makes you more intelligent uh, and it makes you ask uh, better questions. So those are, those are the kind of people I think it would be for and a great Christmas present. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> Where do we find the book? It's on Amazon. There's ton, uh, Punch in Financial Freedom with Real Estate Investing. And uh, it's a bright yellow cover, right? You have it on your background, hard, hard to miss. There you go. And, yeah, if you're watching yeah. the YouTube. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so it's on, it's on Amazon. Uh, and it's called um, Michael Blanc's Financial Freedom with Real Estate Investing. Is that the full title? Am I saying it right? Okay, just, just double checking. And then, by the way, Michael, thank you for coming on. And how do people find you or get a hold of you? Yeah, I'm at uh, themichaelblank.com. That's T-H-E, Michael, and then B-L-A-N-K.com. I have a bunch of free resources, blog articles. I have a YouTube channel. I have a podcast. Uh, so lots of things to help you learn about this to see if it's for you. And if it is for you, we do have some, some things that you can invest in. We have online training. We have coaching. We have a deal desk joint venturing program. We have certain live events. So again, if you feel like you resonate with me and, and, and our company, we'd love to have you. Uh, again, there's many others out there as well. Just take a look at it and then, uh, and then decide. So that's how people can, can find me. And that is the, T-H-E, Michael Blanc, B-L-A-N-K.com, right? That's right. And I, you have a deal analyzer on your website? It's called a syndicated deal analyzer. And it's included with our course, of course, and our, and our coaching. But you can buy it just standalone. And it's very, very affordable because, again, that uh, being able to analyze is a critical foundational skill you need for everything else. You need it for making offers, of course. You need it for boosting your confidence. You need it for due diligence. In fact, we even use it for asset management uh, afterwards as well. Cool. And I actually have I've pushed a few people to your website, Michael, um, themichaelblanc.com to go and find that deal analyzer as well. So I, I know a lot of people that use it and I'm, I'm always pushing people toward you as well for that. So appreciate you coming on and I hope that people will go and grab this book, uh, Financial Freedom with Real Estate Investing and uh, go to your website, themichaelblanc.com. And until next time, my friend, think outside the box. Hey, it's Adam Adamson. I'm really grateful to have you as a loyal listener of the show. It is disclaimer time, and there is four things that need to be said. And number one, we're not attorneys or CPAs, so please consult your own professional advisors. Number two, any investment opportunity that is discussed on this show is for accredited investors only. And if you would like to be a part of one, my contact information is in the show notes. Number three, if you love this content, all I ask is that you show us by going to iTunes, and leaving a five-star rating and review. And number four, the best ever conference is coming up. It's on February 22nd and 23rd. The price is changing 
every single week. So don't wait to get your tickets. Go grab them right now. Go to besteverconference.com and then put in the hashtag blue spruce.